welcome to the Nerd Party. Everybody and welcome to Second Contact, a Star Trek Lower Decks commentary podcast. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as he is every single time we do this, is Tristan Riddell. It's so good to see you again, sir. I'm glad we're doing it's this. It's good to be back. It's good to be back, and we're uh, we're we're here for a second episode of Lower Decks season three. And I was already laughing when I just saw the title, "The Least Dangerous Game." <laughs> Now, what were you thinking when you saw that episode title? Because I had a very specific thing. My very specific thing was Boimler being hunted. <laughs> oh, so you were correct. <laughs> That's what I literally thought. Like I thought I like I, I imagined Boimler in some sort of predator situation, like like the movie franchise Predator, where he's just like running through the jungle trying to get away. <laughs> Well, you were pretty close. It was that, but on the Cerritos. So <laughs> I was actually wondering if they were going to make a play on the TNG episode, The Game, and then flip that around. Oh, yeah. But That's interesting. I don't know. I think that might be a little too on the nose. I really like what happened here. <laughs> so why don't we just get into it? If this is your first time listening to an episode of ours, here's what we do is we open up Paramount Plus. We skip past the intro of the Cerritos swooping by the CBS screen. We start and we'll count you down from the black. What, you don't get that? No, actually, last, le- last week we did it as soon as the the fanfare is over that's when we that's when right we there wasn't a cbs screen this week there is there was a cbs screen last week there was yeah it said cbs productions uh are you sure i am i'm very sure <laughs> um okay granted that wasn't that long ago but and yet i still don't remember that okay well, don't listen to me. Well, no, no, no. Like, let's, let's, let, I'll, I'll, this is before we have to do the live to tape. So we'll just pick that back up again. Okay. Thanks. So, all right. It'll be right after the, the swoop. Yeah. All right. So if this is your first time listening to our podcast, what we do is this, is we open up Paramount Plus, we go past the screen that introduces you to, yes, you're watching Star Trek and the Cerritos swoops by blank or black screen. And then we will count you down and we'll all hit play at the same time. So if you want to watch and listen to us, you are in sync with us. Otherwise, if you're in your car and you're just listening to us, hopefully uh, we're still cool and having a good time. <laughs> no, we, we make a point to not just not just point and say like, oh, my God, look at that crazy hat. You know, like if we do, we actually describe what's going on. So we, we try to make yes. it for everybody who are who is listening, whether you have it in front of your face or not. <laughs> yes. So episode description for season three, episode two, the least dangerous game is on a tropical paradise planet. Mariner questions Commander Ransom on how he structures his away team. Boimler makes a bold career decision. <laughs> Would you call this a career decision? I Well, yeah, I think his, his career decision was to be bolder. You know, like he, he's like, he's going to say yes. It's not so much okay. a career decision to be yes to pray, but it was an overall, like, I'm going to say yes to everything. That's my it, career decision. I think it's just beyond his career, though. I think he's trying to revamp his entire entity through this. Like, it's bleeding through to other aspects of his life. But that's well, just me. That's just me. 
<laughs> Maybe we could talk about that as we go through the episode. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. And off we go. Yes, this is a CBS Studios production, just in case you weren't aware. Now, So as I was watching this, I was just like, wait a second. Did I hit the wrong episode? Is this a repeat? And then I remembered at the convention that I was at in uh-huh. Chicago, they showed the intro to this episode. Oh, did they? Nice. And okay. I I freaking love this intro because it is a clear play off of the Klingon board game that so many yes. Star Trek fans have played. That is exactly what I was thinking. Like, are they going to experience Beige? That is that was totally in my head this whole time, but it's actually more of like a Klingon D and D, which is adorable. And it's it's so amazing because like they even like in the Klingon board game, it's not Galron. Like it's it's the actor who played Galron, but he's not playing yeah. Galron. <laughs> they totally took that detail from the game. Be- and and they even said the like oh no like Martok didn't actually do this like it's a it's a Ferengi knockoff it's so perfect <laughs> it's so absolutely perfect it really is also when we get to the end the fact that you have to do like a premium you have to pay for the premium add-ons <laughs> yeah. so Ferengi so Ferengi also and, Apple Store <laughs> and Electronic Arts yes that too that too. So, uh, yeah, that whole thing, the way it's orchestrated. I love the fact that all of our characters are wearing various, I guess you'd call it kind of cosplay type yeah. of ornamentation. For you know, they're cosplay, into it. yeah. It's all good. It's all good. A and, lot of fun. Uh, you know, like I, one of my fondest memories of, uh, Los An- of, of the Los Angeles convention that we went to was playing that Klingon board game. The Los Angeles convention. Do you mean Vegas? Yeah. Oh, oh, did I say Los Angeles? I'm in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Vegas. Sorry. I, I was racking my brain. When were we doing the convention <laughs> yeah, the in Los Vegas, Angeles? Yeah, the Vegas Con. Yeah, the Vegas, Vegas Con, Con. Like us playing yeah. the Klingon board game and then uh, the ho- hotel security yelling at us for being too loud. <laughs> and I guess we were, but the whoever was next to us had, they just were jealous. They weren't invited <laughs> to the party. That was all. So as you can see, like we have the, uh, it wouldn't be the Cerritos without uh, a uh, a Mexican dish. Absolutely. We've got a massive bowl of chips and guac here, and it looks delicious. Now, I do wonder, are they drinking blood wine? Did they actually say they're doing that? Because that's what it looks like. I definitely, I mean, it's blood wine cups, and it looks like red liquid. So I'm, that's, that would be my guess. God that would be my guess. blood wine, right? Yeah, that would be Klingon proper. So how do you feel at, like, just kind of going back and forth between episode one and episode two, how did how did you feel? Were you just as excited for episode two as you were for one? Like, did it live up to your expectations? How did that go? Episode two, I feel, is a very different flavor of Lower Decks. For like, we were talking about how how many callbacks is too many callbacks in Lower Decks, and I don't mind that, but I know that some other viewers do. Chances are, if you're in that group, you're going to love this episode because even though there is stuff here, they're not throwing it constantly in your face. That's not what this episode is about. This feels like a very like classic Lower Decks uh, type of story, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, so, I get that. Yeah, like the first one was very hardcore built on the nostalgia factor. And we talked about that in the previous episode. Yeah. About like, you know, with Bozeman and, and right. um, you know, like this all is, the Cisco's and yeah. Yeah, this, as much as episode one was about our characters, this is very much focused on them and who they are and progressing as people. So I, I don't know. After a first watch, this one didn't uh, enthuse me quite as much as episode one. I really loved episode one, but I'm also a big fan of the nostalgia stuff. So I feel like everybody's mileage is going to vary just a little bit on this one. How about you? Yeah, I mean, like it was a... I feel like episode one was universally beloved. Like even within the nerd party, people are saying like, man, what a fantastic episode. You know, like a great, like this is one of the best openers, uh, Star Trek openers ever. And I was, I was kind of like, you know, is it? I mean, I thought it was fine. Like I wasn't, I wasn't blown (laughs) away, but maybe that's just me. Like I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it online where they were disappointed. I thought it was just okay. Okay, fair enough. So episode two, what's your reaction? Uh, Just okay. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Do I you mean, need some happy pills? What's going on with you? <laughs> oh, these these are my happy pills. That's the thing. Is this like <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it and I'm laughing. I'm smiling, but previous episode like I don't like this as much as previous episodes. And so okay. they're just kind of like, oh, they're fine. You know, like I've there's been episodes where I've laughed out loud and had to pause. And I'm not saying that has to happen every single episode, but I wasn't wowed like everyone else. I wasn't sitting there going like, oh my God, what a great episode. Like they weren't bad <laughs> by any means. Okay. Fair also, enough. See, like ran- random note. I think this is, I could be wrong, but this is the first time I remember a shuttlecraft backing into a bay. Hmm. Possibly. At least certainly in recent memory. Yeah. yeah. Which on my end I is would, definitely faulty. I would love for the internet to correct me or li- like let me know like, <laughs> right. oh, actually that happened in season three of TNG. You know, they totally backed in. Yeah, give us, like, just hit our Twitter accounts like crazy and let us know you're out there listening because we love and that. Also, and also, Tindy making the fanboys go crazy in her because towel. Because she's right in now. a towel. Yeah. <laughs> Fully covered, mind you, but nevertheless, she's in a towel. Just, you and of know, course, it's a Starfleet branded towel. <laughs> of course it is because how could it not be? <laughs> just like the sole of Boimler's shoe. I love how she tugs on it just a little bit, just a little bit. Just a just little like, bit. Hey, Boimler. <laughs> okay so i'm really so here he says he's like sweaty muscle heads drilling balls in my face no thanks and then he says wow it could have just said no i'm really glad that they pointed that out because that was incredibly rude of it, boimler it like kind the, of was you know what that is that's like a twitter comment from somebody who's crapping on something you just just you declared i really love this thing well, even beyond that, like he went out of his way to invite him to play and he could have just said, no, thanks. That's not my bag. Instead, yeah. he insults him for no reason. <laughs> yes. But Boimler being Boimler, he corrected himself, realized, yes. okay, I need to make the situation right. And you know what? I'm going to give us a try because I need to branch out. Now, okay. I never get enough of his sustained scream. <laughs> <laughs> we get so much of the Boimler scream in this episode, and I am here for it. It might be one of the things that I love the most about this episode is just how much Jack Quaid had to scream. It also, makes you wonder like, if they make him do it every single time or if they just have it on file <laughs> and just like pop it in whenever. That's a really good question. Like, Do they have a library of Boimler screams or does he have to do it live every time? <laughs> That's a great question to ask him. We should get on Twitter and see if he'll answer. 
So of all these activities that Boimler is participating in, did you have a favorite? Um, probably the funeral dirge, this one, because it, uh, just the fact that they're crying while they're singing because it's so emotional, it <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah. I did kind of want to see him in the, in the life drawing though. I, I feel like we were robbed of that moment. <laughs> I am honestly surprised they didn't go there because this is Lower Decks. And I mean, we all know about that whole money shot from last season. Oh my gosh, with a black bar and his yeah. legs in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised they didn't make a callback to that just to kind of you know, nudge us. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, we know what you think about this. We know this created an uproar last season. We're going to do it again. Now, this was this was kind of a switch for me because oftentimes Mariner is the one who's badgering and is making weird calls and unilateral calls and you don't know what's going on. And Ransom's actually the one that is being the obstinate, stubborn one. True. We and have massive role reversals in yeah. this episode. Everything is subverted. Like that was that was kind of inverted. Sorry. <laughs> inverted, subverted. Yeah, sure. It went against my expectations. It subverted all of my expectations. What you would typically <laughs> expect of the situation, which I think is the whole moral. Like, Balance is good. Reaching out of your comfort zone is good, but to a point because it's also okay to play to your strengths when you need to. I think, yeah, I think that's that's a great overall theme where it it, it ties in Boimler, it, uh, it pulls in uh, Ransom and everything like that because Ransom was trying to, you know, Ransom was trying to prove a point. He's saying this is sure. like, we can do other things. And I feel like it was very much just listen to your superior officer whether they're doing the wrong thing or not, <laughs> which is kind of a weird comment to make. I'm glad that they kind of had him dial back and change his mind at the end. Uh -huh. But it was it was weird to have that theme in this episode so soon after episode one, which episode one was all about listen to authority, yeah. and don't question authority. <laughs> I and feel this like one, it's it just reinforcing that point where Ransom, he's like the hardcore representation mm -hmm. of that like hey i'm in charge i'm the superior officer here you're gonna listen to my orders even if they're terrible but i think it also proves just how brilliant tendy is she knows what to do mm -hmm. so i think that's also trying to prove a point so for a second i wasn't sure if that I can't remember is like Cranch or something like that. Cranch. Mm -hmm. um, I I couldn't I wouldn't I couldn't tell if they were actually going to have him talk to Boimler or not. If he was just going to be an interesting side character that we all discussed. <laughs> like like did everybody notice that huge alien in the background? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I really love the take on this character because he's like this big you know massive imposing thing and the cosplay next year at conventions for this guy is oh going to be yeah. through the roof. You can tell. Although that's going to be so hot. I, I just, my heart goes out to anybody who's going to dare try it. <laughs> but the fact that the, he's such a softy, even though he has that really scary and not demeaning, but intimidating voice. Intimidating voice, But he's voice, having yeah. mimosas with Captain Freeman. <laughs> of course so he with, is. With this, like, Boimler says yes to being, like, hey, will you, you know, will you be hunted? And Boimler says yes, because that's his thing. Why is not his first question, are you going to kill me? <laughs> or are we just playing an elaborate yeah. game of hide and seek? Uh, if I were him, that would be a question I would ask because I'd like to know a little bit more about what I'm getting into. But I get what he's trying to do here. He's trying not to calculate every move. And so he's going in completely blind. He's doing the exact opposite of what he 
would normally do and probably what he wants to do. I love that Cranch just backs away, like, <laughs> and yeah. slowly, slowly I'm backs you. up. Also, that plate of nachos with the jalapenos looks really good. And I, You say that gonna... every single time they make an appearance. But it's true. And I think I'm going to have to do some queso for lunch. I positively love and relate to Ransom watching a how-to YouTube video. <laughs> yes, me too. Anytime there's a household project, I am consulting several of those videos to try and get a grip on what's going on because I'm not mechanically inclined. I mean, I'm, I'm a borderline certified mechanic now because of YouTube. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> so this is, I love that this is the kind of nostalgia that I think is very lower decks and not in your face as in the previous episode where sure. like, they're visiting a wellness, uh, like they're vis- visiting a planet where it's a culture obsessed with wellness, which is very much like the episode in season one of Next Gen where yes. they run everywhere oh, and they yeah. kiss to say hello and hug to say hello and everything like right. that. This is definitely this, an offshoot of them. Yeah, I, I love that kind of reference and the fact that they... Like they have ridiculous rules where they get put to death because they didn't show their belly button in a certain space. Exactly. And you got to love the fact that it's Rutherford and uh, Billups who probably have – they're not relishing this really. Like they're excited, but the sexual connotation of it, like you could have no more of the opposite (laughs) of people enjoying that than them. Because Rutherford's so oblivious and Billups is, we think, maybe asexual, you know, like something like that. Possibly. Yeah, which, I mean, hey, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, you know, Ransom and, and Mariner would be all about that and participating and they would know what to do. These two, no, 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 no. I I, I truly love when um, sci-fi does alien cultures where people paint themselves before they hunt, like with uh-huh. uh, with a erosion and- Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. I think even certain Klingon cultures do it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, this guy is no different. And I hope at some point in Star Trek's future, we get to see this guy again, or at least some other member of his species. It's really interesting because like the way that he curved his arm, it almost looked like there was a Delta insignia. Oh, really? On his arm. It was crazy. I I, oh. I don't for a second think that it was, but <laughs> it was just kind of odd, the angle, like because you see the Delta shield so much in this show all this over the place. This is true. That makes me wonder, though, is that like an intentional branding thing or was that yeah. just a coincidence? I'm pretty sure it was just a coincidence, but you never know with Florida. You Dex. never know. And we get a Cetacean Ops cameo. Hey, that <laughs> instantly makes this episode shoes. a good one. Yeah, yeah that's you... messed up, dude. <laughs> I love that so much. I hope we get to they see don't more Cetacean react Ops. To, to Cranch. They don't ever react to him. When no, which makes me wonder, do they even, do they know him? Like, do they know what he's about? Probably. So this is, of course, you know, the moment we needed as an audience to know that he's not going to. Obviously, we know he's not going to die. Um, yeah. But if the captain's okay with it, she knows that he's not going to die. But at the same time, like, he's getting assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing Dr. Ta'ana can't fix. <laughs> Like, maybe well, she knows the limits of this. And we learn at the very end, of course, that this is like catch and release, basically. But I'm going to hurt you, but I'm not going to kill you. But Boimler does say, oh, Dr. Tana said it's going to be, a, it's going to feel a little weird. It's never going to he- completely heal, which is crazy to me because it's the 24th century. Right? You still can't completely f- fix up some fix nerve damage? Oh, my. That's not good. 
<laughs> I think like I love that this is they're confused about who their leader is and so they throw in all the TOS tropes. They have a a telepathic baby, a sentient <laughs> sentient computer, um, sentient computer and, and a volcano. Like, and a maybe an ancient god volcano. <laughs> Yep, this planet has all three. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yes, I do appreciate that exaggeration so much because they are so obviously pulling from previous stuff. Why not throw in the kitchen sink? Why not? And then you even throw in a little 2009 reference with the base jumping. Definitely. The visual was absolutely calling back to Star Trek 2009. Like this right here is Mariner's coming down. This is a 2009 reference for sure. Now, my <laughs> my question is, she has to avoid some of the pylons. Um, my question is, why don't you just go a little bit further out from, yeah. <laughs> from, right? from the tether? I that guess way you it's don't almost, for the you know, fun. Impale yourself. Yeah, yeah. You it know needs what? a You're challenge. Right. I don't know. would do that. I don't know. I did skydiving once, and it was nothing but safety, 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 safety. We got to get you to the ground. <laughs> I didn't know you went skydiving. I did. My husband and I went for our... Let's see, our 10th wedding anniversary. Crazy times, crazy. Oh, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> I'm here and it was an amazing experience. I'll never forget it. So if I was Mariner, I would have said like, you know what? It's to save time. I'm going to jump ahead of you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that would have been the easier way out. But, but nowhere near as funny. That, no, and we've got to challenge her a little bit. I was kind of expecting her to own up and say, well, you know what? Or at least get kind of cornered, and they're they're edging that so so close. But you know, it it plays out the way it does. It's fine. And that was a very limited bleep that we got from Mariner because you heard the <laughs> yeah. F and the K, just F. Yeah, yeah. I they appreciate that. And you know what? Out like a bunch of animals. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That would be my reaction too, as if Ransom were calling me after all that. I'm like, no. Uh, and I was a little surprised there wasn't like the Star Trek five callback, you know, deck 89, deck 92 <laughs> going back up. Like with with uh, rocket boots. I yes. love that digital Martok is the one that gets him pumped up. Yeah, it's perfect. The way that happens is chef's kiss. And he uses the guacamole bowl as a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so adorbs. I kind of wish there was like little bits of guac though, like falling off of his hair oh, or something. You know what? That would have been perfect. That would have made it even more perfect. Great contrast uh, with the purple hair. So I have a feeling that we're going to hear Bold Boimler again. Like he's going to call himself that. He's like, this looks like an occasion for Bold Boimler. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to, this is going to stick around, but uh, he's got some lessons to learn on the on the way, doesn't he? And it was a selfie stick the whole time. I love that detail so much. It's a freaking selfie stick, not a weapon. Because <laughs> of course it is, because really this guy is, I mean, he's not a teddy bear, but he's not really out to kill people. It's he adorable. kind of reminds me of an alien species in Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm blanking hmm. on the name of the species, but all you Mass Effect fans know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I don't have a clue. So I'm just going to say, uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> and one more selfie for the boys back home for the boys back home yes i love that so much <laughs> i also love the fact that they have a climbing wall 
in their I access to guarantee tube, you that does it. not pass any OSHA standards right not there, at gu- all no <laughs> nope I have never done a climbing wall and I've always wanted to do one. Oh, really you know I haven't either but it does look like fun it looks like fun because I consider myself a good climber oh well then you should do a climbing wall <laughs> just because like when I climb my house like Spider-Man um, you do that sometimes if I need to get up there <laughs> okay how's the gravity over at your house how are you doing that oh it's about 0.5 earth standard oh wow interesting so okay so she's <laughs> i understand being physically exhausted but to the <laughs> point where you fall asleep while, while skydiving you're, yeah no no you would not come on now come on <laughs> come on crazy cartoon come on yeah <laughs> that's not the way to power nap you just can't Let's add some logic to this uh, nah. cartoon where aliens have Look, face pain and selfie We sticks. have baby telepathic baby <laughs> rulers. They're, the Come logic on. here, it, it evaporated on this planet, okay? I'm, of course, joking. Yes. So everyone has their belly button showing. Okay, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very important detail, as we've learned. Does this baby remind you of Stewie Griffin and Family Guy? No. No, not even a little. He kind of like shape wise, <laughs> it's not quite, but maybe it's just the attitude along with a little bit of an expression on the face. It reminds me of Stewie. Now, I love the Samantha, fact. I f- always forget his name is Samantha. <laughs> Samantha. I love that name. I love the fact that Ransom saves the day with his muscles. He's playing it's, to his strength. What a beautiful, you know, callback to to this. I shouldn't say callback, but just. It is how this character loves to solve problems. <laughs> and it works. His lava tubes are perfect. And the baby even said, you are wise, Starfleet. <laughs> like, yeah, how, what does mu- muscle have to do with being wise? But it in works. In culture, it must be. I guess so. I mean, if they value wellness, I suppose so. The more muscles, the more wisdom. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to go to that planet. That seems whack. So with this one, we're in Ransom's office. I always love seeing the XO's office. I never felt like we got to see that enough in Star Trek. You see it sometimes no. with Chakotay and Riker, but it's rare, I always really though. liked it. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. Because they're, they are in charge of the crew. Like they right. manage the crew. Like you, like, can you imagine the paperwork they have to go through? Oh, uh, yeah. They're basically like HR. They're managing <laughs> crew schedule rosters. They're dealing with personnel complaints, reassigning people. I mean, yeah. Ugh. So I'm glad that the the guacamole bowl is – well, obviously, it's gone for multiple reasons because he used it for a helmet. But I'm glad that they <laughs> didn't go back to it because you don't want le- to let guacamole sit out for that long. Uh, no. No. You really do need to keep it fresh. Otherwise, that is no bueno. I love Tindy's Klingon cosplay. I think like if <laughs> I had to choose – one of our cosplays to play this game, I would choose Tindy's because those are pretty cool shoulder pads. Those are pretty cool. I do like Mariner's sash, though. I might go for yeah. that one. And for those of you who are just listening, she's got gold plates on her shoulders and gold gauntlets, and Mariner has a sash. And uh, I mean, you know, come on. I, yeah. I, I guess if the wharf sash is always a, a staple. It, it is. It's iconic. Rutherford is in, oh, what would you call it? More of a classic, like movie the era. Classic. The classic movie era warrior, like when you see a a random Klingon warrior, that's what he's he's wearing. 
There it is. Like the one who gets killed in the first 30 seconds of battle. Yeah, there you go. That one. <laughs> that guy. Poor Rutherford. He did not choose well, did he? <laughs> so there we have it. We have episode two in the can. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Episode two already. Man, these 10 weeks are going to go by way too fast. Way too fast. It always does, but it always seems to poke around the corner with the next season sooner than you think. I sure hope so. Yeah, and we don't know what's coming up after Lower Decks, do we? Schedule-wise. No, we don't. They've been we've had an embarrassment of riches lately with Star Trek. We did. We had 47 weeks of brand new Star Trek all in a row, and then we had a short break before Lower Decks. And then now after, kind of up in the air, maybe Prodigy, or maybe we wait until next year. I'm expecting, because when we're recording this, Star Trek Day is right around the corner. We'll probably get some information then. I really hate that they didn't air um, Lower Decks earlier so that we could say that we got like 52 consecutive weeks of Star Trek. <laughs> but they I would have stopped loved at 47. That's true. I mean, I guess I guess if you can't go a full 52, stopping at 47, that is that is pretty Star Trek. Uh, yeah, honestly, right. like I feel right. 47 is the the better number if you've got to stop at one of them. If you have to, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our commentary for this episode, The Least Dangerous Game. And as always, make sure to subscribe, go to the nerdparty.com for more. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please give us an email or find us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and let us know what you think of the show. We will see you next week for episode three of season three of Lower Decks. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.